This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself! Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, a very test member, for making this program possible. Tonight's special guest is author Mac Maloney. We'll discuss his new book, UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know. Mac Maloney will be with us shortly. To listen to the full interview, go to VeryTestRadio.com and click on the subscribe link. You'll receive your login immediately and will have access to everything we have to offer, audio, video, and the very special Manticore Forum. By the way, if you're a forum member, we now have the tap talk app for the iPhone, iPad, Android, and BlackBerry. This is for the forum junkies out there who have requested it. I tried it on my phone, and it works great. And speaking of gadgets, coming soon, we'll have the Veritas iPhone app so that you can easily listen to our shows on the go. Speaking of videos, I hope you've enjoyed all the videos posted from the UFO Congress. Interviews with Dr. Lin Kitai about the 15th anniversary of the Phoenix Lights. A two-hour exclusive interview with Sergeant Clifford Stone. Chuck Zukowski about cattle mutilations. Antonio Huneus and Dr. Roberto Pinotti about the Vatican and UFOs. David Sarita, Barbara Lamb, Colin Andrews, and a few others. These are video bonuses exclusive to Veritas members. Subscribe today and get it all. And thanks to all of you who continue to write to me 
about your experience with MMFs. You can order it right here in the Veritas store, as well as our 8GB metal case USB drives with seasons 1, 2, or 3 with bonus material. You can also order the book Veritas Scriptum, Volume 1, with our first 10 interviews, about 400 pages long, and great cover art by Vic Giza. Coming soon, Volume 2. And if you can't afford a subscription but can't transcribe shows, go to the free subscription link for more information. To get in touch with me, simply just go to our website, veritasradio.com, and click on the contact button. In 1947, the United States Air Force asked its Air Technical Intelligence Center to determine if UFOs existed. After a six-month study, the ATIC stunned the Pentagon by reporting that UFOs were real and probably not of this Earth. If there was ever a chance for the U.S. government to do a serious study of UFOs, this was it. But instead, the Pentagon higher-ups ordered the ATIC to revise its study. The second conclusion was that UFO sightings were the result of hoaxers, religious fanatics, or hallucinations. If there's an ongoing cover-up of UFOs by the U.S. government, this is where it began. But we'll go even farther back in time, to the time of Alexander the Great and Christopher Columbus. They all witness UFOs. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, etched on cave walls, and are even reported in the Bible. More surprising is where they are documented most, in times of armed conflict. And to discuss UFOs in wartime, Mac Maloney is coming up next. This is Mel Bambergus, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Timothy Good, and you're listening to The Veritas Show. Mac Maloney grew up in the Dorchester section of Boston and was taught to read and write by the nuns at St. Anne's School. His father was a veteran of World War II, and he used to read military books all the time. As a child, Mac started reading them too, along with a lot of science fiction. He received a B.S. in journalism and a graduate degree in filmmaking from Emerson College. He was a sports reporter for two years after college before joining corporate America as a publicist for General Electric Company. Max started writing books in 1984 and has been doing it full-time since 1987, penning over 30 books. His latest, a non-fiction book, UFOs in Wartime, What They Don't Want You to Know. And to learn more about Mac Maloney and his work, visit his website at macmaloney.com. And directly from New England, Massachusetts area, I would like to welcome Mac Maloney to Veritas. Hello, Mac, and welcome. How are you? 
Hi, Mel. Thanks very much. Um, doing pretty good here. We're having our first snowstorm of the winter here, if you can believe it. That's incredible. It's a little bit delayed, isn't it? Uh, by about three or four months, yep. <laughs> well, Mac, this interview is very special to me for many reasons. But one important one is the fact that the reason why this show was created was due to a telephone call I made to Milton Torres. You, you know the name, right? Oh, yeah. You bet. You know his story. That phone call became this radio program. And just so that people who, who, who are listening know, Milton Torres was an Air Force pilot. And in 1957, he was ordered to shoot down a UFO and the Ministry of, of Defense in, in uh, the United Kingdom declassified the information in late 2008. Is this one of the stories you have in your book? Yes. Yes, it is. Now, let me ask you, you wrote dozens of books, most of them fiction. What made you all of a sudden change to nonfiction? Well, I've always been interested in UFOs, even as a kid. I um, read everything I could get my hands on at our local library about UFOs. Right. And as you had mentioned uh, earlier, too, my father was a veteran of World War II. He was in the Navy, and he was a um, a fan of military history. So we had a lot of military books around my house, and I had a lot of these UFO books around my house. And, and I don't know, somewhere along the line, they uh, the, those two paths uh, kind of uh, crossed. So – most of the books I've written have been military fiction novels, some science fiction. But I was at lunch one day with my editor, and we were just shooting around ideas. And, and I told him how I had this interest in UFOs. And it just seemed to me that UFO sightings go up in times of war or when we're getting prepared for war. And we kind of talked about that a little bit. I really didn't think that much of it. But he said, you know, that might be a good idea for a book, but it would have to be a nonfiction book. Is that something you want to do? So I said, yeah, sure. Why not? So. Uh, here we are, three years later. That's incredible. And when I was when I received your book, I saw the cover, and I thought it was going to be stories of of uh, Foo Fighters, World War II. But I was impressed when I saw that you go back all the way, the Romans, and even before. Why don't first of all, so that the audience knows, what motivated you aside from from being like me, going to the library as a kid? What motivated you to write this book? Well, you know. It, when I had this idea, when I mean this, this it, I didn't have this idea like all at once. It just, it just came to me from reading military books and from reading lots of UFO books. And, and I kept thinking that you know, if UFOs showed up more in wartime, that tells us something very important about UFOs. That really tells us that they're not this just random uh, things, things they're not random things we see in the sky. That there's a pattern to them. That there's some kind of a you know, quote unquote, intelligence behind them. And if we could somehow prove that in our own little way, uh, that would be, I think, a significant thing. So it was that idea. And, and also, I just wanted to know why I, I, I started to think, well, um, you know, UFOs, uh, we, the book mostly covers the 20th century from 1909 up to the end of the first Gulf War. But we do go, we have a run up chapter that talks about incidents that go all the way back to um, 300 BC. But uh, primarily, I was thinking, well, in the night, in, in let's say around World War One, do are people seeing more UFOs because now we're flying and there's more opportunity for people up in the sky to see other things up in the sky, or because airplanes are up in the sky, are there people down on the ground looking up more? I, I, I didn't know the reason why, so I wanted to find out. So, as I said, when once we did the book deal, now it was up to me to kind of uh, you know try to find the pieces of this puzzle and. and um, 
So we did it by just getting 70, about there's about 70 stories, uh, kind of small anecdotal stories that we line up in a chronological order. And if you read them all from beginning to end, most people seem to agree that there's, you know, something to it. You know, we, we look back to 1903 when the Wright brothers started uh, flying. But then we look at all these stories and, and you know, cave hieroglyphs, paintings, stone depictions, uh, paintings from the Vatican. And you see the phenomena going back thousands of years. And we, we seem to focus a lot in what happened lately. But I have a question. With with the preponderance of UFO sightings that we see in wars, is that is that a proven fact that, that it happens more during the war times than peace times? It just seems that way. You know, I mean, the only way that we could prove it without getting into bug down into these, you know, unbelievably long and maybe kind of uh, uninteresting statistics was to just put together, uh, you know, as I said, chronological line of stories um, that seemed to bear this out. And, and the important thing, too, I think, is that um, I agree with you that it seems like we always pay attention to what's been happening lately as far as UFOs is concerned. But we have to really everyone has to really get one with the fact that UFOs have been around with us in all of human history. And as you say, you, you can see them on cave paintings and you know you could look out your window and see one today and it's the exact same thing that the person painted on the cave that tells us something but when we get to the war aspect of it and what happened in the 20th century we have to remember that a lot of the um, stories that we have in the book they're reported by military people a lot of them are reported by by bomber crews and fighter pilots who are in the midst of combat and they just would not be in a position i don't think to make up a UFO story or to create some kind of a UFO hoax when you know their lives could end at any second uh, flying in a bomber over Berlin at night during World War II. Right. So in many ways, military people are the best – military people in combat are the best observers we have. Now, I've been doing research for on UFOs for some time now. And as I told you before, my studio is full of, of books here. But I've, I've never heard some of these old stories. How did you research this information? Well – uh, like you, I have a lot of the old science fiction, uh, excuse me, uh, UFO books. I have a lot of old science fiction books, too, but a lot of UFO books um, from the 50s because I grew up in the 50s and the early 60s. I was, um, you know, in grade school and, as I said before, trying to get a hold of everything having to do with UFOs that I could read. Um, and then when uh, once the book deal went through um, – I bought a lot of books. Uh, there's there's a wealth of information out there these days that you can uh, – and there's so many different places you can buy UFO books. It's really amazing, and it's really a, a question of picking and choosing which ones you think would fit uh, for your research. And then, of course, we um, – you know, the internet is just such a fabulous thing. And when I started writing books 20 years ago, uh, fiction books, but if I had to look up, you know, how fast a F-16 fighter plane goes at 50,000 feet, you know, that would take me quite a while to try to find that information. Now I can get it within 20 seconds or so on the internet. It's the same thing with UFOs. There's lots of stories out there, lots of information, uh, lots of um, eyewitness accounts and things of that nature. And then finally, um, I'm lucky enough to know people who are in the military, military pilots, and also I, I'm lucky enough to know some people who work for U.S. intelligence agency. So um, I put that all together and also relied on uh, a couple um, well-known UFO um, writers, uh, Keith Chester uh, being one of them. He's the guy who wrote Strange Company, which is really the Bible on Foo Fighters. So put that all in a, um, a pot and stir it and cook it, and, you know, the result was the book. You know, these craft, we call them Foo Fighters, are they coming to influence conflicts or are they just observers, in your opinion? 
Well, we didn't find any instances where Foo Fighters uh, shot on uh, shot at any uh, of uh, any Allied planes or any planes at all are uh, in World War II. Um, one of the important things is a lot of people think of Foo Fighters as strictly being a phenomenon that happened over Europe in the war between uh, uh, the Allies and Nazi Germany. But again, thanks to Keith Chester, I just mentioned, he went and he looked into all the files of uh, the U.S. Air Force. Uh, bomber command, British bomber command, but also the U.S. Navy was primarily fighting the war in the Pacific. And he found out that there were just as many Foo Fighter reports in the Pacific War as there were in the European War. But in all of them, uh, we had no instances of all at all of Foo Fighters firing on uh, anyone's planes during World War II. So that just leads me to believe that they're here observing. And I've been thinking about this lately, and I know those who are listening may say, Mel, come on now. You know, Mac is writing nonfiction here, but what I'm about to say sounds like science fiction. Just because we not we don't understand something technologically does not mean that it doesn't exist. But I have this feeling that these craft that we may call extraterrestrials may be us from the future, and they're coming back to see history as it happens. Have you thought about this? Right. Yes, um, I, I have a lot. And um, since starting... The book and then researching it and then writing it and then, you know, doing, um, you know, promotion uh, for it uh, since it's come out. I, I, I'm close to being convinced that UFOs are not extraterrestrial. Uh, they're certainly not the little green men from Mars theory. I, I think that there's a lot more evidence pointing to the fact that they are uh, time travelers from our own future who are coming back to see history as it's being made. And, and here's the example that, that I use all the time. Um, if you are uh, some kind of technological race that you're able to build and then fly something along the lines of a UFO, especially those kinds reported during World War II, where there was, some of them were, were reported there were gigantic craft, saucer shaped, cigar shaped, many different shapes actually, but um, where people would see portholes, where we, people would see almost beings behind these portholes, and they would do these fantastic maneuvers and have just un, unheard of speeds and so on and so forth. If you have that kind of technology, why are you choosing to ride 100 feet off the wing of a B-17 bomber as it's bombing Germany with night fighters around and anti-aircraft fire and, and right in the midst of combat? Why would you choose to do that unless you just wanted to be there to see how uh, history was being made? It just makes more sense to me than for some, uh, you know, ET race to come all the way down here and to get so up close and personal uh, to what we were doing in wartime. So. You know, maybe these things are just as simple as, as tourists. I mean, if we had time travel now, um, who wouldn't want to go back and see how the American Civil War was fought or how the Battle of Troy was fought? You know, I mean, I would love to do these things. So maybe uh, that's just what we're seeing um, from people in the future. And, and I'd just like to add one point to that is that um, I, I'm friends with a, uh, a, a person who lives um, right near us, one of our neighbors, and he's uh, 80 years old. He's a World War II veteran. And he's also a uh, Protestant minister. We go out to lunch every once in a while. We talk uh, different things. And I told him this idea about how I'm, I'm coming around to think that their time travels from our future. And he says, you know, I really like that. He says, because that means we have a future. That means we haven't blown ourselves up. We haven't killed each other to the point where there's no one left on the planet. He says, that's a very optimistic way of looking at UFOs. So that's why I kind of like the theory as well. Uh, exactly, exactly. And, and you would think that if... 
they're here and they're so advanced, if they could interfere to put a stop to, to, to all the killing. I mean, it's very interesting to see these craft and beings who are experiencing the worst of humanity while we're killing each other, but they don't interfere with... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.